G'day punters, welcome to this week's episode of Bet With Brilliance. It is the preview podcast for day two of the championships from Royal Ramwick. Uh, as always, joined by Jared Fish, the Sydney Sydney analyst and writer for Brilliance Racing. Fish, how are you, mate? G'day, Jack. Punters, uh, yeah, going well, mate. Day two of the championships on Saturday and I'll be heading up for it, so can't wait, mate. I'm uh, very excited. It feels like Christmas again. Fish's mounting yard mail's back. Fish on. <laughs> Yeah, I better, I better apologise to punters. Actually, I've been a bit ice cold the last last weekend. I didn't get one winner, but um, I'll be ready to bring some home this week. They are hard to come by at this time of the year when every horse is, is peaking for a grand final. So uh, I'm sure they're not too upset with you. They'll, you'll be back soon with the, the entire card on a Wednesday, and that's what the punters really want, the battlers on a Wednesday. So that's, uh, that's all they are concerned about. Mate, we'll start with quickly reviewing day one. Uh, what was a massive day there? Uh, star performer for the day. Who did you have, mate? Uh, my star performer was Johnny Allen in the in the derby on Explosive Jack. Um, he went to follow Skylab around the bend, and he was actually looked like he was caught pretty wide there. And uh, he went to follow Skylab around the bend, and Skylab just looked like he wasn't travelling at all. So then Favreau sort of scooted past, and his dead set just jumped straight on the back of Favreau giving the horse every chance and the horse has done the job. So that was a terrific training effort by um, Kieran Mara and Eustace as well, which we'll probably talk about another one of their stays soon. But yeah, Johnny Allen for me uh, in the derby. What about yourself, mate? I couldn't go past Animo, which makes me sick because he beat Lightsaber. But the, I mean, in a, in a sense, the race was set up for him to finish the way that he did. But watching the replay, it looked like at one point Animo picked up that quickly that, J-Mac almost lost lost hold of the horse and fell off the back of him. Like It was just incredible the way that he showed that turn of foot and, and absolutely buried the field. Like I said, sick to, to talk about it because I could sit here for an hour and tell you why Lightsaber should have won and, and maybe how the ride could have been better, but that's not what we're here for. Uh, ride of the day, mate, if it doesn't go to John Allen, I'm excited to hear who you've got for ride of the day. Who was it? I reckon we might agree on this, actually. Awesome. I was going to say, actually, I've just, I've just realised I've done this backwards here. So, right of the day was Johnny Allen, but my star performer was actually my boyfriend, Mars Crusader, in the <laughs> TJ Smith. Um, yeah, I, I said it a long time ago. He looks a real real deal, this preparation. And I think we all just need to jump on and keep following because if he can sort out his um, if he can sort out his starts and stop um, jumping slowly and get in the back there, he's going to be a real deal. And I think he's got some big ones ahead of him in the spring and maybe even the Everest. I'm hoping so, but maybe Hawks needs to find a new jockey because they weren't too happy with K-Mac. But anyway, that's another talking point. But yeah, what about yourself? For, uh, what was your ride of the day? I was just about to say, you can jump on the phone to, to Team Hawks and tell them why it was ride of the day because he was not happy at all. Uh, I gave mine to Jamie Carr on Cascadia and the way that she got him to settle a few pairs uh, further forward than he normally does. You see him so many times, he's bringing up the rear of the field and and really shooting himself at the foot with his racing pattern. She got him a few pairs further forward than than he has been previously. She waited really patiently for a gap to open up in the straight because she was right in the middle of traffic there. And knowing she had plenty of plenty of horse underneath her, he's, he's almost bolted in there. So it was a, I thought that was a great ride. And, um, I mean, the market was screaming at, at punters to say that, that Cascad- Cascadian was going to win that race. And um, it was partly due to a brilliant ride from her. But 
that's enough for day one, mate. We'll get into day two, obviously, punters. The races we're going to look at, you know, sort of the five big ones on the card. We've got the Australian Oaks, the Arrowfield, Sydney Cup, the Queen Elizabeth, which has been set for a bit of a match race. And Fish will find out a bit later if you think it's going to be that way or not. And then we'll finish off with the Queen of the Turf. Uh, like I said, we're at Royal Randwick. The rail's out three metres from last week and it's currently a soft five. You're the local man. What's the weather like down there, mate? What are you expecting to happen in the coming days when we get to Saturday? And and how do you think the track's going to play? Yeah, well, they just put an update up about 45 minutes ago saying that it was a good four. So um, I think there's 20% chance of rain tomorrow, not much at all. So I, I, I expect it to be a good four on Saturday. Maybe the light rain will potentially get it into soft wire, but I think come Saturday they'll be racing on a good track at least, but maybe after the early ones anyway, so... Yeah, it's going to be a good day out for sure. I'm praying for a little bit of rain myself with a couple of the selections that I've got here because I think some places are predicting it and some aren't. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen until it happens, obviously. Uh, looking at a bit of a betting strategy, mate, what are you thinking? Because I'm expecting it to play pretty fair again. I'm thinking that jockeys might look for the outside lanes uh, because with the, the traffic that the... the Track is copped on day one that maybe the inside lanes could be off a little bit. Are you expecting the same or? Yeah, well, look, it's a bit funny because, like you said, the rail's out three metres this week. But if you watch a lot of those races closely from last week, the the, the horses were, were all coming out three metres anyway. So you could almost say it was three metres out last weekend. So you're right about <laughs> that. Um, I think, yeah, I think I think it'll be pretty fair, to be honest with you. I think taking the three metres out is good. And um, I expect it to be playing a little bit better out wide. But, yeah, I think it'll be a pretty fair day, actually. I don't think until we see races one and two, I think it'll be pretty fair, yeah. Outstanding. Well, we'll get into it, mate. It's the – for the, the preview, first race that we're looking at on the card is race five, the Australian Oaks. It's a group one for three-year-old fillies over the 2,400 metres. Favourite at the moment is Harmony Rose at $3.50. You can have $5 for – Amaralina, I believe you pronounce it, and Hungry Heart, who was the last start winner. Uh, $5.50 for Montefilia, then it's double figures. The rest, you've got Bargain, Duays, Impecunious, uh, Signora, Nira, uh, Land Ahoy, and Sassy Sav. Uh, we'll have a look at a bit of a speed map here. Firstly, Fish, how are you expecting it to play out? Because Harmony Rose will definitely take up the leading it. Yeah, yeah, you think Harmony Rose will take the lead from Barrier 5 there, and... Um... I've only caught a couple of replays of this uh, Kiwi filly, Amaralina, but I expect her to be pretty strong on the pace too from that wide draw. Jules has shown pace before, but also seen um, her running, running from the back. So I think it'll be a pretty slow affair, actually. And I think Harmony Rose will, will definitely be the leader. And, yeah, I think, um, yeah, look, it'll just be a slow race, I believe. And who have you got on top at the moment? Well, I've chopped and changed about five times, but... After my last little um, go at replays earlier today, I've landed on Hungry Heart, actually. I thought the run in the binary stud stakes last start, which was um, a fortnight ago, was just fantastic. Um, she was one of the only horses that day to make up grand. Um, obviously, it was a pretty leader by day. And she made up grand well, and she was pretty strong through the line. Um, so, yeah, I think this will be a pretty... This race is generally a tough affair. You know, Philly's going out to the 2,400, but... Um, I think Hungry Heart's shown enough and absolutely loves a good track, so I'm hoping for not much rain there. And the danger for me was Montefilia, which I believe this has always been the grand final. 
And if you look at her run last week in the Derby, I know she was favourite and a lot of people were a bit disappointed, but end of the day, really, she was beaten by three males. You know, she was the only only filly um, that went went well. And she was also on the inside inside lane, which is, was certainly not the best part to be in as well. So finish where she did last start was fine. And I guess the only thing that worries me is the seven-day backup. But, yeah, I'll be having a few dollars on Hungry Heart for sure. What about you, mate? I'm jumping back on Montefiore. I've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with her so far, this prep, which has been well-documented here. But she's now built the profile in her prep for this race, and and you're exactly right. It's the grand final. It has been the entire way along. At the top of the straight in the derby, I thought she really loomed to put that field away um, and was just, found, like you said, found out by horses. The, the blokes had a better turn of foot than her. Um, Interesting to note that, so 10 runners in the Oaks on Saturday, she's been contesting fields with 14 and 16 runners. And with her race pattern, she gets back in the race. So she has had a lot more ground to make up on previous occasions. She'll have to on Saturday. Um, I think that's going to be in her favour massively. Not only that, in the Derby, she settled a bit further forward in the run compared to her previous starts. Um, So I'm thinking from, she's uh, she's got gate eight, there, so Jason Collett can be pretty versatile depending on the pace of the race. He might go forward, he might go back. He, I, I guess the gates all open, and he'll make the decision from there. Fitness is definitely going to be on her side from that seven-day backup. And looking at the sectionals uh, from the last start, Spish, she finished the race uh, a lot better than her rivals in her last start there on Saturday. I'm just bringing those figures up now because. I noticed it before and it was quite interesting. In the last 600 in the ATC Derby there, she's done a 35.8 in the last 600 metres. You go and look at, say, Harmony Rose, for example, in the last 600 metres, that was a 37.5. And that was a Rose Hill when the fence was on fire and she had the fence the whole way. So I think by the figures, she's going incredibly well, compared to these these fillies, especially, you know, Hungry Heart and whatnot, I think she's the clear on top of her in this one. Yeah, well, I truly do believe um, Montefiore's run last week in the derby was... She was just on the wrong part of the track. I do believe that. Um, I, I was on her last week, and oh, there was probably about the 200-metre mark, or the, maybe even the 300, going the straight off. Oh, she's gone here, you know? And then she sort of, you know, had that little bit of a, oh, hang on, we're back on here again, but... I did say just feel like she was in the wrong part of the track and she was up against, you know, as I said, the males as well, which have they're not average average horses either. It was young weather, Lions Roar and Explosive Jack. So yeah, I certainly think Montefiore's massive chance. And if you took three fifty last week, you'd be probably silly not to take four eighty this week, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's a good point that you make there because when I was I didn't get to see the race live, but I watched the the replay and I've watched it a few times. The first time that I did it, the top of the straight, I thought, shit, how far is she going to win by here? But she just looked massive at the top of the straight. And um, and like you said, probably on the inferior ground there, but she still ran incredible time in that last 600. So I think she is a massive chance in the Oaks on Saturday. And and what, you're going to have $5 with Ladbrokes at the moment. And she's been on the drift. She opened at 380. So you can keep drifting for all I care. It's just more money in my pocket when she wins on Saturday, I think. Yeah, well, it looks that way. I mean, the one that's got all the money, which we, we spoke about earlier, Bargain. Um, Bargain's running the Adrian Knox 
I think it was last week as well, was absolutely fantastic. Just bolted home and looked like, you know, she was looking for 2,400 as well. But if you dive into her form, she's had five runs on a good track for absolutely nothing. So uh, are they hoping there's going to be a little bit of rain there or do they truly believe that um, she's ready to go, this preparation? But, yeah, I think we're on the well, I think we're on the right path with Montefilia and uh, Hungry Heart, to be honest. Yeah, you Bargain did put in a big run. My only question about her was, did she sort of run past nothing? in that race so it's sort of uh, hard to say at the moment because nothing has come out since to to run obviously but time will tell we'll move forward mate to race six on the card and as that loads here for me sorry punters that is the arrowfield sprint for the three-year-olds uh group two level and i'm just getting myself sorted here again i'm well behind the eight ball favorite at the moment is september run at three dollars forty uh, second line of betting is Isotope, $3.80. Then you've got the toppy as well, Ruler, $7. Then it's double figures, uh, Rocketing by Prague, Dame Giselle, The Face, Armish Boy, Aim, and Wisdom of Water. Uh, we'll go through a speed back here, Fish, because it looks like Wisdom and Water, uh, Wisdom of Water and The Face are going to go forward. Uh, how do you see the rest of it panning out? Yeah, The Face will definitely go forward. Um, Wisdom of Water has definitely done that in, in previous runs. Uh, Wild Ruler... He's generally one that likes to take off and be on the pace as well. So uh, he's got the tricky draw in barrier 10, but he, he'll probably try and follow the face over, I guess. That's what you do when one inside you goes forward. Dame Giselle and Isotope have probably shown a bit more versatility. They're the ones on the speed map. Look like they're going to go forward, and, and they probably will from that draw as well. So, yeah, it looks, to be, it looks like there's a bit of pace in this one. Who have you got on top, mate? I've actually gone with Wild Ruler, even from the wide barrier. Um, I really like that. I really like this horse. He's um he's had three starts at Ramwick for three wins, and his last two starts he won the Fireball Stakes over 1100, which was pretty impressive there first up. And uh, all reports from the yard that day was he looked really good. And then second up he's gone to the um, Galaxy, I think it was, and that was against Eduardo, who absolutely uh you know absolutely set the world on fire that day. So that was against some top class horses, and might have been a little bit of a step too much, but. There's still a bit of quality here, but it's a little bit less quality than that day. And I think third up, J-Mac on. Yeah, I, I really like uh, Wild Ruler at the odds of 650. Um, my danger, I put September run because I just feel like if she runs to her best, she can absolutely bolt home here. Uh, I've got a massive query on her Sydney form. I think she's definitely a better Melbourne horse. Um, she's had a couple of runs. First up run to be a length off Nature Street was very impressive. And then... You, you have that forgive run in the middle where you just thought, what the hell happened there? But then she bounced back and ran pretty well in the William Reed. So great race for William, uh, Wild Ruler on top. And then September run is the danger. How did you see it? I'm sort of, when I first saw the, the field for the race, I thought it's going to be one of two ways. The September run's going to absolutely brain them. Or she could go no good because a lot of her form is down the straight at Flemington. Um, so that's my big query and, and that was where I sort of poked a hole in her form and, and her case for the race. Um, the punters can't see it at the moment. You saw it before we started recording, mate. I'm wearing a Brisbane jersey at the moment because I'm off to the cauldron after this and I'm going to stick with the Queensland horse isotope on top. King Gollan has got her primed and ready for this. She, he said, I was only watching a, a video earlier on Instagram that, She's been absolutely flying in her track work this week that 
that she's his, his best chance of winning at Metro grade this week. Uh, she's got gate three. The the speed is all drawn outside. Dame Sell will definitely go forward. Wisdom Water, uh, the face. She'll get an absolute suck run in behind these and be the first to, to have a crack at them in the straight. It'll be very similar to her first up run where she was just behind the pace, peeled out and got the win. And, and even Golan said that was quite a brave run. Looking at the figures, her last start figure at Ramwick uh, over the 1,200 metres is, I think it was about a second better than the figure that September run last put up uh, over 1,200 metres at Ramwick. So uh, I just think the softer, the better it gets for Isotope. She's already got the, the runs on the board. When you talk about 1,200 metres at Ramwick against September run, that inside draw is going to be really tricky for her, I think. And I just think it's just going to, it, like I said, when I first looked, I thought it's going to be September run by five lengths or September run won't be there. But now I just think it's just going to be isotope all day. Yeah, well, it's a little bit disappointing seeing that, uh, seeing the L in isotope's form. Look, I would have loved to seen how she went that day at, um, in the Magic Millions, but it would have been a classic um, 2 one, 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 one. Like She's in absolutely unbelievable form and you're right. Tony Gollan's absolutely flying. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love, I'm, I'm interested to see how she measures up in a class like this because I do think it's a, a tougher, the toughest race she's had. But, yeah, she's definitely answered every question she's been asked so far. So if she can win this one, it's another massive tick on the board. That's a good point that you make, that it is definitely the toughest race she's contested to date, but that she's done nothing to suggest that she won't. Uh, she won't run well. Um, and like I said before, I'm sort of – doing a, a rain dance and this is the first horse that I'm, I'm doing it for because I think if the rain comes on Saturday, then Isotope will be absolutely loving it. Uh, I couldn't really look at anything else. I'm, Wild Ruler's first up win was very impressive, uh, so I wouldn't talk anyone out of backing Wild Ruler. The way that September run's gone this prep, I mean, she definitely put in a great run in the William Reed, but she's done nothing to, that could really fill you with confidence backing her in a race like this because that's one of the only really good performances, performances she's put in around a turn. The rest of it's all down the straight at, at Flemington. So I couldn't, with confidence, put her on top. That's why I've got Isotope and then uh, Wild Ruler there I've got as a, a bit of a danger. We'll move forward. One, Sorry, mate. One thing I will say is Wild Ruler's been, been pretty lucky with his barrier draws in the past, so... Um, he's one of those horses that likes the rail, and I do think if he drew barrier one or two here, he'd probably be about three bucks. So um, that's that's why I'm liking the six dollars fifty. But in terms of what you said about not liking anything else in the race, like this to me is the hardest race on the card. I, I think anyone, I, I think there's five horses that can win this race. So yeah, you know, a great race, and can't wait for it. So we'll move on to the Sydney Cup. Yeah, before we do, I'll quickly add to that that he's a big boy, and he'll get his he'll get his uh, room to move from the widest gate. So you're right that he's he's been really lucky to draw low and he's gotten gotten the lead or, or got the good run up on the pace there. He'll enjoy the, the running room that he gets from the wide gate either way. Uh, but, yes, we will move on. It's the Sydney Cup uh, Group 1 handicap race over the two miles. Favourite at the moment is Favourite Moon, $5.50. Uh, second line of betting is Realm of Flowers at $6. Southern France is $7.50 with She's Ideal. Uh, I'll go into it in a second why I think that's ridiculous. Uh, 
Miami Bound, $10. Spirit Ridge, $12. Uh, Rondinella, $14. The Chosen One, $17. Salino, $18. And then $20. The rest is good idea. Chapada Sound, Sacramento, Hush Rider. Uh, looking at a speed map here, Fish, it's a field of 16. So there's a bit going on. Uh, Spirit Ridge from Gate 2 is definitely going to lead. Sacramento from Gate 9 is going to have to go forward. And, and Hush Rider from Gate 15 as well. How do you see the rest of it panning out, mate? Yeah, I think the two Waterhouse and Bot runners will be the leaders, Sacramento and Hush Rider. I heard Mark Newham say the other day that he um, doesn't want Spirit Ridge to lead. So uh, whether he doesn't is a different story. The horse usually does what he wants. But um, favourite moons and good idea of drawing pretty well there in one and three, and they'll look to go forward. I think the rest will just be looking for a comfortable, uh, comfortable spot in the run and trying to save their gas. But, um, yeah, I think there's going to be enough pace here with um, – the two Waterhouse runners, if one of them doesn't come out, and there's plenty of plenty of pressure in behind the leader, so there'll be enough pace here for sure. And who have you got on top, mate? Are you with one of the favourites? Yeah, I like Realm of Realm of Flowers. Um, Damien Thornton on. Thought the run in the Manion Cup was um, quite spectacular, actually. She was wide for a long way and hit the line very hard. She actually even cracked 12 seconds for the last 200, which it's pretty mind-boggling for me in a race like that. But anyway, yeah, very strong. Damien Thorne's had um, three wins from four starts on her, I believe. They were, they were early days, but you know, he's obviously ridden the horse and nose out. And off that run, she drops three kilos to 50. So, um, yeah, I think I think she's a she's a big chance as long as she can run at the 3,200. And then other than that, I've, I've looked for one that's um, had a run at the distance. And I've gone to Southern France, who's... J-Mac's been pretty keen to jump on, and he's jumped on. The Mar and Eustace stable have been having a cracker of a time with their stays as of late. Um, so 3,200 shouldn't be a drama. And I just like the uh, third up, 1,600, 2,400, now 3,200. Slight improvement each time. So, um, But, yeah, I'm happy to have a crack at Realm of Flowers at $5. What about yourself? I've gone fairly long in the market here in my two selections. First one I've got is, well, my on top is Miami Bound. I've been following her for a long time since she won. I think it was a VRC Oaks early in her career. Yeah, so she won the, the wakeful over 2,000 metres and the Oaks at, at 2,500. She won that by three lengths in uh, Victoria. She, This has been the absolute grand final for her since she had her first run at Caulfield over, what was it, 1,400 metres or something like that, 1,600 metres. That's well short of her best. Uh, she had a huge run in the Melbourne Cup over two miles. At that point in time, she was seen as a, only really a soft tracker, that she didn't like dry tracks at all. That was, I think, the turning point for her where she wasn't just a soft tracker anymore. Um she drops five kilos from her run in the Tancred and Craig Williams has been booked for the ride. Now, Craig Williams and Danny O'Brien teamed up to win a two-mile race with Bowen Declare in the Melbourne Cup and were successful. So that's a really proven combination. Another thing that I looked at in this race, looking at the Tancred compared to other races, so the last 600 metres, Miami Bound ran that in a 35-6 for that race. Going to look at the likes of Favourite Moon, uh, Realm of Flowers, Southern France. They were running their last 600 metres last start, a half a second slower. Um, so, and that was on a day where the rail at, at Rose Hill was absolutely on fire. Um, 
in the Tancred there. So I'm really, really keen to see the, the each way odds and the double figures for Miami Mount. Um, I think she's ideal is taking up way too much of the market in this race. She had an absolute PR compared to Miami Bound last start. So um, I think that there's a, a massive discrepancy in the price there. Miami Bound's on top for me in a, in a big way here. Uh, the horse that you could go and make a case for at 20s is good idea. Uh, had a run in the Easter Cup last start. That's well short of his best. It was just sort of a, a bit of a maintenance run, I think, for him getting to the Sydney Cup because his last start, or his start prior to that, he won the Adelaide Cup over 3,200 metres by three and a half lengths. It beat a horse called Charlie Rose, who at that point in time was the favourite to win this year's Melbourne Cup. Um, that was... I. I Got him for two reasons. I will say it's pocket talk, one of them, because I did back him in the Adelaide Cup at 20s. But the other one is he carried 53 on that day, dry deck, one by three and a half lengths. If it's dry on Saturday, he's going to be carrying three kilos less. He's going to have barrier one, which won't be an issue for him at all. He loves to run up on the pace. Distance won't be an issue. He's got the same jockey that he won that Adelaide Cup with. Plenty of ticks there. And if he won at 20s, I wouldn't be shocked at all. So... Uh, coupled at value there. And I think Miami Bound is the forgotten horse majorly. If I saw the market come for on Saturday, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, but if it drifts, good, because like I said about uh, Montefilia there, it's just more money in my pocket when when she wins. I think um, there might be another one to look at. Uh, Nikki pointed it out to us earlier. I think the weight drop for Spirit Ridge is actually... I think it brings brings him right into the race, to be honest. I watched his replay in that 2,400-metre race that Sir Dragon A won, and, geez, I do had that piece run. He he stuck it on pretty well. He was, you know, on the pace at the start of the race, but he, I thought he might have died, died a bit earlier like when I first watched the race. But when I stuck down into the replay, he, um, he stuck on pretty well. And, I mean, seven and a half kilos is a massive, massive drop. And Robbie Dolan knows the horse well, so... I'm, 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 I'm sort of leaning to having a little bit of an each way play on Spirit Ridge as well. But, I mean, this is one of them races, 3,200. How many of these horses are going to get there and run the run the proper trip out? That's what we all need to work out as analysts and, and, and punters. So, pretty exciting race, actually. I'm looking forward to watching this one. It is going to be a great race. And you make a really good point about Spirit Ridge. He's not going to know himself with that, that weight swing on Saturday. He's going to be leading and he's going to make it a test. He could very well go quick enough to put a gap on them and they literally just won't have the time to catch him and he could just run them into the ground. So it'll be really interesting to see how the race unfolds, the tactics of the jockeys, whatnot. And um, I think the pace of the race is obviously going to be massive in terms of the results. So that'll be good to see. But uh, so you're going with, uh, Brown with Flowers and, and Southern France and I've got Miami Bound a good idea so uh, few, a bit of value there for the punters if you, you're not looking for the, the favourites but I certainly wouldn't talk you out of backing your two fish. We'll move forward because it's the match race of the day it is the Queen Elizabeth, a group one weight for rage over 2,000 metres uh, very elegant the favourite at the moment at $2.50 you can have $3.00 for a Dave, uh, Sir Dragon A after his tankard win, where he absolutely bolted in, is six dollars fifty. Uh, Mugatu, the All Star Mile winner, is at eight dollars. Uh, then it's double figures. The rest we got the three year old Mawangas there, 
uh, think it over after being scratched from the Doncaster and then Dallasan. Hopefully the punters had a listen last week, Fish, because he ran a great race, got the place there and, and we were kicking up for him. So that's the field for the Queen Elizabeth. Are you seeing it as a match race, mate, or have you got something outside of the top two in the market? No, I'm seeing it as a match race, to be honest. I mean, I'm not expecting it to be those two and then three or four lengths. I'm expecting it to be a lot closer. But I think with the blinkers on first time, I think a day will lead from that barrier. I mean, it's a small field. It doesn't matter where you go. But with blinkers on, I think he's going to shoot out and lead. I think it's going to be a very slow race, uh, looking at the map anyway. And I think um, oh, we've all heard the rubbish from Willie Haggis about the good track jargon, but... If you delve into the form board, she's um, Dave's had what uh, twenty-one starts or something. He's only running um, running on a good track twice, so it probably is a bit of merit to his to his crap. But I think um, very elegant J Mac will just sit her wherever she wants to be, comfortable in the run. I think he will just press the button and build the revs up slowly just before the bend. And if he gets to the outside again, I think it'll just be sees later. I think Dave will. I don't know. I think a debut. I think a Dave's still the second best horse in the race for sure. But uh, I mean, if it was a heavy track or a soft track, I might have had to dive into it a bit further. But I just think Barry Elegant's going too good at the moment. I think it's best she's ever raced, which is pretty impressive. It's hard to get better than what she has already done before this prep. But yeah, I'm certainly going uh, very elegant on top. And then I think a Dave will finish in second. But it wouldn't surprise me if Sir Dragon A or maybe Mugger too. The other ones probably aren't up to it. What about your thoughts? Uh, I think V is the clear on topper. Um, looking back in the form guide, I'll rattle off the races that she's won fourth up. Last prep, she won a Caulfield Cup, beat Anthony Van Dyke at Caulfield. The prep before that, she won a Tankford, beating Mustajir and won by four lengths. The prep before that, it was a Hill Stakes, beating Samadout, who's been scratched from this field. And the one before that, it was, a, it was an ATC Oaks, winning by two lengths on a good deck over 2,400 metres. Fourth up for very elegant. I don't think it matters what track she's on. If it's Royal Randwick or if she's going around at Royal King Arroy in Queensland, she's going to win. Um, obviously, a completely different horse compared to last year when she met a Dave. Um, I think you're right. She'll get a bit of a, a suck run in there. With, with Samadow coming out of the race, it changes the complexion of it completely because Samadow was going to lead this into the straight and really set up the pace for this to be a staying test. Um, so it looks like now a Dave's probably going to be the leader. I've got very elegant on top, but just a couple of talking points going into this race. The first one, you mentioned Sir Dragonay. We'll start there. Do you think that Glenn Boss could sort of push the button on Sir Dragonay and go forward here? Because he loved the 2,400 metres last start. So you would think that a fast 2,000 metres would probably suit him better. Do you, that's some commentary that I've heard. And since I've heard it, I've thought, well, that's actually a, a great point. Do you think that that's something that could happen on Saturday? Yeah, well, that option's certainly there. Definitely looking at the map. And I think I think maybe we're all sort of coming to realise now that, you know, we, we all sort of listened to Bossy's talk after those trials and, you know, first up and, get on him now and all this sort of jargon. But I think we're all sort of realising now he's probably just that horse that takes his three or four runs to get to get his fitness. And once he's fit, he probably is, honestly, not far behind these top-class horses. 
I gave him no chance on a good track last start. And yeah, I think like Bossy was saying, he's just getting fitter and fitter. So yeah, I think I think it would wouldn't be a bad move for him to go forward and and try and sort of put a bit of pace into the race. Absolutely, because I think if you want to have a sit and sprint against Very Elegant, well, you're just asking you're just asking to be beaten up. And Mugatu, he failed in the Doncaster, won the All Star Mile the start before that. Now, the form so far has been ordinary. Uh, I mean, Arcadia Queen's actually been retired. Every horse outside of Sir Dragon A sort of just finished the race. They haven't come out of that All Star Mile and done anything. I mean, Probabil is we're going to look out in the the Queen of the Turf to see if if she might go any good there. Um, what do you think about this all-star mile form and, and Margatou's chance on Saturday? Because he looks like he's crying out for 2,000 metres after that run in the Doncaster. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not sure Margatou is up to the level very elegant in that yet. But one thing I will say is that all-star mile run was on a very testing track and Margatou was first up. So it was an absolute... Absolute training performance by Chris Lee's to get him ready for that race first up. But then you've also you've also done that move that a lot of people don't like running their horse on a very testing track first up. Yeah, there was a good break between the second up run, but I think every horse has his, you know, second up sort of syndrome a little bit sometimes. And they're allowed to have a flat spot off of a run on a heavy day. Yeah. I think well, he had a four-week gap, then he had the Doncaster run. Now he's here a week later. This could be he might be a little bit better on the weekend. And um, the only other thing was, look, there was absolutely no excuses for him in that Doncaster. He was there in the right spot, ready to go on with it. He was just beaten by, you know, a bit sharper horses. So I think you're right about the 2,000 metres. Well, I can't see him winning this race, but I think I think um, he was probably had every right to have that flat run, yeah. And, and it's hard to say it was a flat run, really, but do we know if he was at his best, he might have won that race. That's what I'm, that's what I'm sort of saying. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Well, we're both going with Very Elegant on top. I reckon she's just an absolute moral, to be completely honest. I I think the only way she gets beaten is if uh, Bossy goes forward with Sir Dragon, eh? Uh, and he just bullies a Dave the entire race and, and runs away with it in the straight and is maybe too far out of very elegant reach to for her to run him down. But um, so might be one for the punters in play the way that I'm thinking the race could pan out. Uh, if they start going slow, it's going to be very elegant, I think. Um, and you're thinking the same? Oh, mate, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every single way I look at it, I think this is very elegant race. Um, and I think as well, the other thing is, if we do get that little bit of drizzle, get that little bit of rain, it gets into a soft five, it even enhances her chances even more because she likes that little bit, little bit out of the ground. So, yeah, I'm all over very elegant, mate. Yeah, probably. Um, I'm not going to say because I don't like saying it ever, but yeah, close to a moral for sure. No, nah, I don't care. I've been banned from it for a while. I'm back. I'm back on because I declared one. Uh, we we declared a couple on on Wednesday. Actually, I had more secrets in the second last, and then. You asked me about Michigan in the last of Bendigo, and I said he'd win with a leg in the air. So uh, yeah. we've got we've got clearance on the midweeks there. We can pull the trigger on Saturday. It's all good. Don't worry. We'll move forward, mate, to the last of the day. It's the group one for Phillies and Mares. Wait for age race over a mile, the queen of the turf. Uh, Probabil is the $2.50 favourite at the moment. She's coming out of that all-star mile that we mentioned. Odium's the second line of betting is six fifty. 
uh, Colette's eight dollars, and then it's double figures for Nimalee, uh, Graceful Glamour, Vangelic, Vanna Girl, the Queenslander, uh, Quantum Mechanic, and then twenties the rest, Rich Hips, Natoya, Star L. Uh, we'll go and have a look at a speed map, Bish, because Angelic and Graceful Glamour are definitely going to lead this up. And, and Nimalee le- uh, led her last start when she ran at Rose Hill. Was that right? She was um, just behind the pace there. She followed Graceful Glamour. So, yeah. But, yeah, she was she was in a forward, forward position. But, um, yeah, certainly Graceful Glamour and Angelic will take the lead. Nimalee will come over and hopefully get in front of those, that probable pack with Missyville, Odium on the inside. This will be a fast run race because even the ones that aren't mapped to lead, they're off sort of off pace horses that put the pressure on. So yeah, this will be a quick um, queen of the turf. I've um, landed on Probabil. I just can't get away from him. I mean her, sorry. Um, <laughs> good track tick, sixteen hundred the tick. Likes the Randwick track. Karen McAvoy on. I just forgot about the All Star Miles. Um, you know, it was just one of them races, like you said. I've, I don't really know how to look into that race, so I'll just let it go. Tried well at Ramwick uh, not long ago. And, um, yeah, I, I think probably was the horse to beat here for sure. Um, and, yeah, Nimalee is another one that I just really like the horse. I think she just seems to be very happy with this preparation. Uh, last start, like we just spoke about, she followed Graceful Glamour. Sort of pressed the button there, 100 metres to go and got in front. And she was charging through the line, so 1,600, no issues at all. Um She's actually 16 into 10 bucks today, I think. So there's a lot of money coming. Um, so, yeah, it's a great race to finish today. But I think I think probably is probably the likely winner. And um, Nimalee is probably my danger. Apart from that, I'm not too keen to back any other ones. How did you see that one? I'm really grey on this race, mate. I've started red hot uh, on the pod and I've got really grey late. I, initially, I looked at... Probable, and I thought, well, the all-star mile form is a bit legless, like we spoke about uh, a couple of minutes ago. So I sort of wanted to put a question mark there. Um, Odium then jumped off the page for me, but went from 1,400 metres first up back to 1,200 and now up to 1,600. Um, I don't really want to be with that. I think that's really messy, um, and I can't see that being a, a good platform for this race. Let's 2,000 metres back to 1,600. And if it's going to be a good deck on Saturday, I think we know that she prefers a wet track. So uh, I was putting a pen through her there. And then I thought from gates 9 and 11, Nimalee and Graceful Glamour, it'd sort of be cast in the in the field. So I really wasn't sure. I could almost make a case for Quantum Mechanic from gate 3, I think. Uh, at each way odds, she might run a cheeky race for you and sort of fill a place if she doesn't get the win. Uh, but you, I sort of keep getting drawn back to, to Probabil. But she'd be lengths, she's lengths in front of this field, isn't she? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what that was my thinking as well. I just think you Probabil's anyone near her best, she doesn't matter where she is in the run, she'll, she'll get the job done. She's way better horse than all these horses. Um, and yeah. I think it's a perfect place from by the camp. By the camp, Nimalee, I think he's very underrated. Like she's got um, twelve starts and only missed the placings twice. And we're getting, well, we were getting sixteen dollars. Absolutely loves a good track, so sixteen hundred, no dramas at all. So yeah, it's a funny race, but I think 
I think there is a fair few that you can put the pen through and look, I think that's almost the multi of the day. Probably only very elegant. I think that's good money there. I'm just having a look at the uh, looking in the form guide now because we know the probability stretches out to 2,000 uh, to 2,000 metres, but in a mile race, it's a shame to see that she's not racing the real queen in very elegant. That would be a queen of the turf race. Um, I can't I can't take the $2.54 off the back of their run in the All-Star Mile. Um, well, seven, what seven, I, sorry. What I was going to say was, um, yeah, she doesn't like a ground like there wasn't really valid that day. But if you look, she's had seven starts on a good track for six wins. She's, she's coming here off a massive freshen up of five weeks between races with a trial. Yeah, the trial was over a heavy track, so that might have taken a little bit out. But I just think she'll be a little bit – she's been freshened up Prime to strike here, in my opinion. Yeah, I just can't get around the $2.50. won't shock me if she wins, but I'd be looking to back something like Odium, who's going to be up on the pace from gate four, uh, despite going 1,400 back to 12 and up to 16. And then um, and then Quantum Mechanic out of gate three, I think, could run a cheeky race for you as well. It wouldn't shock me at all to see Probabil win, mate. Uh, that's us for the Queen of the Turf. Looking around the place on Saturday, Fish, have you got anything outside of Ramwick on Saturday that you want to have a look at and uh, a bit of a throw of the stumps around the country? Um, no, not really. I haven't dived too much into those other races yet. Um, I think the provincial champs final, the horse to beat is definitely great news, but um, great news is drawn barrier 16. So um, there's been a horse that's been backed in from 26 to 12s called Jamara, so that's one. And then I'm just trying to find it here, that Percy Sykes, yeah, the per- Heineken Percy Sykes stakes in race four. I'm a massive fan of that John Mayer, who uh, I put her into the Black Hook for Brilliance straight away off the first up run. Rocky Ryan's not around, but Tommy Berry takes the ride. And, yeah, she's coming here off a little bit of a freshen up and a nice trial at Campbell Grange, and they're giving us 15s again. So this will be a fast-paced 1,200, and I reckon she might be strong late. But um, what about yourself? You got any bets for the punters? I could talk for another 20 minutes. I'm so glad that you asked because I could talk for another 20 minutes about the uh, the ones I've got for the punters there. I'll give them two. Um, they'll be in my Caulfield preview for Saturday um, and we'll get to that. Mr. Quickie is going to win the Vobus Gold Mile at Caulfield in race four. And then you can double up into race five because La Mexicana is going to win the Vobus Gold Dash. So... Running doubles, multis, whatever you want, punters, those two. Uh, they don't take much finding in the form guide because they are the two favourites for the race currently. Uh, but that's because they're the best horses in the field and they're going to prove it. Um, there was another one that, and it's going around at Morfordville of all places. And I'll just find it here. Sorry, punters. Race seven, Stein M will absolutely bolt in as well. She... Uh, won her last start on the hillside at uh, Sandown by three and a half lengths. And this race looks no harder. So I think she'll run a massive race and more for Bill too. Uh, those are the ones for me. I like, but, that. Uh, I like, I like that Stein of horse, mate. But is there any bit of a query from Barrier 20 or we disregard that and just we jump on? No, nah, jump on. She goes back and, and runs on late. So... Don't worry about that at all. Uh, if it was the Parks track at Morfordville, for the punters that don't know, that's the shorter straight. Um, from gate 20, doesn't matter. She'll go back. 
Uh, she'll just get carted into the race like she did last start and absolutely drop them, I reckon. So uh, that'll be good watching if you enjoy a bit of a uh, bit of a back marker there, punters. That's all from us at the moment for day two of the championships, Fish. Who have you got for your best of the day? A bit of a hundred dollar strategy. What are you doing? I might do that double up I just spoke about. Um, otherwise, if you're smart, you'll probably just put it on very elegant. But I'm gonna, I'm not smart, so I'm gonna do the very elegant into probable the race after. And um, yeah, you'll get good odds for that. But um, what about yourself? Uh, I'm. I'm going to look outside of very elegant because the punters come here for value. I'm going to go 25 each way on Miami bound and good idea in the Sydney car. Uh, they'll run yeah. massive races for you. If one doesn't win, the other's going to run a place and you can just fill your boots there, punters. That's what's going to happen. Um, so that's it from me. As we always say, fish, we don't get any, but if you've got any feedback, punters, send it through to us because you definitely want to hear it. Um, Get in on Facebook and Instagram on Saturday, Brilliance Racing. We'll have previews up for, uh, obviously, you've got day two of the championships. And then at Caulfield, it's Vobus Gold Day. That's For anyone that doesn't know, that's the rewards program for breeding uh, Victorian-based horses and racing Victorian-based horses. So it's a really good incentive program down there. This is the grand final for a lot of camps on Saturday, and there's some really good races going there. So I'm really keen to get stuck into that car and find some winners for the punters. Um, anything else from you, Fish, before we go? No, mate, just hope everyone has a great weekend and like we always say, fill their pockets and this is probably uh, my favourite weekend of the year, day two of the championship. So, yeah, I can't wait for it and I'll be up there on Saturday. Um, hopefully we find some winners. Yeah, that's it, mate. Hopefully the punters have an absolute fill-up. Hopefully we do too and we'll be back next week to preview uh, the Saturday coming. Thanks for joining me, Fish, and I'll see you next week. Cheers, mate. Talk to you then. See you, partners.